we go through just a historic confession, creed, or catechism week by week here at Redemption Hill, and that's just so we can better understand what this is that we call the Christian faith, why we believe the things we believe, how to communicate those things to both ourselves and to others. And so we will read this, and we will hone in on a portion. It's Article 15 of the Belgian Confession, titled, The Doctrine of Original Sin. And it says, We believe that by the disobedience of Adam, original sin has been spread through the whole human race. It is a corruption of the whole human nature, an inherited depravity which even infects small infants in their mother's womb, and the root which produces in humanity every sort of sin. It is therefore so vile and enormous in God's sight that it is enough to condemn the human race. And it is not abolished or wholly uprooted even by baptism, seeing that sin constantly boils forth as though from a contaminated spring. Nevertheless, it is not imputed to God's children for their condemnation, but is forgiven by His grace and mercy, not to put them to sleep, but so that the awareness of this corruption might often make believers groan as they long to be set free from the body of this death. Therefore, we reject the error of the Pelagians who say that this sin is nothing else than a matter of imitation. Amen. So as I said, we spent quite a few weeks in this doctrine of original sin, I think maybe five or six. It's been a while. Um, this doctrine of this sin of origin that acts as a root for all mankind, producing sinful fruit in all of us. Not just by us looking back at Adam and imitating him, but by us all being born with a sin nature that is enough all on its own for us to be guilty before the holy God. By God's grace, however, the second Adam, Christ, has stood in the place of sinners. As Scripture says, God justifies the ungodly. Christ came to live and die in our place, coming not to be served, but to serve, saying things like, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, knowing that all of us indeed are weary and heavy laden, in misery from our sin, bruised reeds to these people and to us. Christ promised to give us rest, imputing his righteousness to us and being our sacrificial lamb for us. Today, as we close out, I simply want us to shortly ponder on what is our response then to all of this. What is our response to this doctrine? As the confession says, it is by mercy and grace of God alone that we have been forgiven and that the guilt of original sin is no longer imputed to us, but also that God has not wholly eradicated the corruption from us. Why this is, we do not know why God in His good pleasure has not removed the original sin that still causes us to live corruptly. Why, as forgiven and justified Christians, we are still sinners, being both and at the same time saints, and sinners. 
What should our response to this reality be? And it would be what Paul asked rhetorically when he said, are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? Our response is simple, and our response is from another translation of the Belgic on this article, which I think is just a little bit more forceful. It, our response should be not that they should rest securely in sin, but that a sense of this corruption should make believers often sigh or groan, desiring to be delivered from this body of death. Living with this body of death of original sin should spur the believer into action. Now that we have tasted of the forgiveness of God, we ought to sigh, that is to groan as those who have tasted the first fruits of the Spirit. We should be joining the fallen creation and groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters. When we understand from this doctrine who we are and where we have come from, we are able to put our finger on just what exactly is wrong with us. That we are sinful by nature, sinful in thought, word, and deed. That even as children of God, we have the sense of corruption in us. And it's why we here at Redemption Hill, for example, confess from time to time that we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And this is why the Lord's Day is so important and central to the life of the Christian, that the law may remind us of our folly and the gospel may be applied for our hope that through the audible sacrament of the word and by the visible word and the means of grace, we will be rallied to remember by foretaste that a day is indeed coming, either when Christ returns or when we, beloved, breathe our last, where the nail in the coffin will finally be driven through where we will be freed from this body of death and our sin will perish forevermore. And so what is our response to this? We groan, we long, and we expect.